Baron Bears fans, there is turmoil in the Bears kingdom, at least for Justin Fields fans, because he unfollowed the Bears on Instagram. Or did he? We actually don't know. But we got to talk about actually how players are using their social media and the timing of this. Very interesting with Albert Breer's article coming out yesterday. Maybe there is something there that could go into this. Also got to talk franchise tag conversation. Could Jalen Johnson be somebody who's tagged to possibly turn into a contract? We know how they use that tag sometimes. And then finally, ladies and gentlemen, it is mock draft season and we are going to mock you up. You're getting all the mock draft content that you can hear. Pat the Designer, Courtney Cronin is in the building. Hit that like button, subscribe to the page. Leave that five-star view. Y'all know what to do. Courtney, people are losing <laughs> minds. I guess this is the blessing and curse of living in the social media era where you can see who someone follows, who someone does not follow, and like to give people, I guess, like the timeline of this, I got that tweet sent to me. So apparently, allegedly, and we don't know when this happened, but apparently Justin, Fo Justin Fields does not follow the Chicago Bears, his current team, on Instagram. It was around 8 p.m. last night. Like I started seeing this pop up everywhere on Twitter. It was getting sent to me. People were asking me what I thought about it. And it brought me back to a time in 2020 prior to COVID, prior to free agency that year, when Stefan Diggs of the Minnesota Vikings, after yeah. being pretty vocal the previous season in 2019, that he wasn't happy about things and the way that they were going, there was a trade rumor that was out there that he had gone in and requested a trade. He said, no, we find out like otherwise later on. But nonetheless, he used social media to let people know what he was like, allegedly what he was thinking. Now, I, I want I don't want to draw a complete parallel, but it's a similar situation in the sense that we are now talking about a player's social media. Does it accurately reflect what they are currently feeling? Is it yeah. trolling? Is it something else? Until you hear from the player himself, which you typically never will about these things and get a concrete answer as to why someone may have done something or not done something, it's all speculation. Here's a couple questions that we need to ask that we probably won't get the answers to. But was this a move that was done yesterday? Did, did he previously not follow the Bears on Instagram? Was his account hacked and someone did this to get attention? Like there's Pat, like there's so much stuff that comes into like just adding fodder to a conversation that already has so many flames that have been ignited because we think or at least the perception is you see a player who still has his bear stuff up on his Instagram, mind you. And he also follows the bears on, on Twitter. I looked because I was curious. Maybe he just doesn't use Twitter that much. Maybe he's, you know, that generation is the TikTok Instagram generation. So yeah. I don't know if there's a, something you can draw from that, but like this, does this signal that he's, that he's done with the bears is a signal that he knows he's getting traded. Like that's, that's what the question we all have today is like, what does this mean? Does this mean that ties are going to be severed between the quarterback and the organization? I don't know. Maybe it's him sending a message. Maybe it's him doing, I don't know. Maybe he's upset about something. Maybe he's not. What I do know though, is that unlike the dig situation that I just referenced. So he got traded to Buffalo the Monday of free agency in 2020. And then they get that pick back. That's the pick they use on Justin Jefferson. But like, he 
he was sending messages that I'm under contract with this team. I'm not happy with my contract because I shortchanged myself, which I think he realized later on. Right. Um, he took a very team friendly deal in uh, August of 2018. I'm not happy. I want to go somewhere else. Justin Fields doesn't, and that's like leverage that Diggs had to force his way out. I don't think Justin Fields is trying to force his way out. You know what I mean? Like it would yeah. more so be that the Bears want to move on and move away from Justin Fields. So there isn't the same sort of leverage, if you want to call it that, that Stefan Diggs decided to use through his social media and what Justin Fields potentially, again, we don't know if it's what he's doing with this, but it's not the same because they'd be more likely to move on from him than not this offseason. So I don't know what more to read into it than that. I know that it's going to stir up debate, and I promise you it will be talked about ad nauseum today. But it is, it speaks to the bigger topic that athletes have the power to use their voice without actually using their voice. It's through their yeah. actions on social media, which can either be troll worthy or it could be the sign of something bigger something that they're expressing through their actions online. I think what's interesting is that when you when you look at a lot of the previous situations, we saw first off and and I've had to do this to my own social media, we've seen the full scrub, that's a lot of work. Now, I don't know if anybody's had to scrub their social media, but there was a time where Twitter got absolutely reckless and mm -hmm. I was like, "All right, I got to delete like half the people that I follow on here." So it's a lot of work to scrub everything, but like just usually when I've seen these situations, right? The player removes the team from his bio. The player mm -hmm. removes the pictures off of the page of him playing for the team. He changes the profile picture. I want to say maybe it was Diggs. Maybe it was Diggs. Didn't he like change his profile picture like him and his dog or something like that Back instead of him in a Vikings jersey? Back in 20, he scrubbed his Instagram. This was yeah. in like, it's like a pre-COVID time. So I feel like I'm going way back down the um, time machine. I remember I was hosting radio on a Saturday morning in Minneapolis. And it was like maybe January or February. And he had scrubbed right. his Instagram of all, like no Vikings stuff no anywhere, Vikings, other photos. Yeah. And that was before, like we had kind of known, okay, they're, they could trade him. Like it didn't feel realistic at that time, but it's like, all right, he's clearly sending a message. What yes. is the message? How are we supposed to interpret this? And the only way you could interpret it without actually hearing from him himself. And granted, remember this is the off season. These guys aren't doing media availability weekly, unless they're going to come out and like write their feelings, like exactly what they're feeling in a very moment in a social media post or, you know, put a video out, whatever. It's all speculation. It's all up to whomever's yeah. interpreting it. So how we interpreted it then versus now in hindsight, how you can look back and be like, man, he must have really, you know, been trying to force his hand. Maybe it was a strategy his agent told him to do, somebody on his team. Like, you'll never know truly, but you can start connecting dots. And for me, as a Vikings beat writer at that time, it was connecting the dots to, okay, if they have the opportunity to trade him, will they? Because very clearly, it doesn't seem like he's happy in Minnesota. So I just, I don't know if that logic really applies to the Justin Fields situation because yeah. I don't think if they didn't have the number one overall pick, we'd be talking about this. If they were just drafting ninth overall, he's probably the quarterback this year. And yeah. they, they could maybe draft a quarterback at nine or wherever and, you know, think about the future another day. But it's because it feels more realistic that the Bears would be the ones wanting to trade the player versus the, tr the versus the player himself wanting out that it's hard to 
make those two situations parallel. But clearly, if he did this and if this was a recent thing, what does it signal to us? Like, is there something that's that's waiting around the corner that in hindsight, we're going to look at back at and be like, hey, remember when Justin Fields unliked or excuse me, unfollowed the Bears on Instagram? Oh, a couple of days later, he was traded or something like that. Right. It would, would, would listen. I mean, you also got to take it to account. He own, he follows Kyle Pitts, Drake London, and Bijan Robinson on Instagram. So if we're going down the rabbit hole, let's of go. Course. He also yeah. follows the stalkery. Like, does it he, not feel like we're all stalkers? <laughs> like, looking at who people follow and, you know, I don't know. It just, it's so He also it's follows Deion Sanders. He Does also he? follows okay. Deion Sanders, so maybe he's going to Colorado. You know what I mean? Like, you <laughs> never know what's going to happen here. No, I. I think this is, I guess my only question would be how initially did this information come out? Because it just, to me, it just came out of nowhere. It was just Justin Fields doesn't follow the Bears on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I guess that part of it to me makes it more like, okay, not to say that there's some logic to it or there's like actually something to be said, but the timing of this coming along with the Albert Breer article that came out yesterday where he's talking about, you know, the the Bears have had the conversations on trading Justin Fields and that um, they're gauging what the value is on the player. They're not shopping him, but they're gauging the value, but that something could come soon if it were to come and they're willing to work with Justin on where he wants to go. Like, I just feel like there is so much the timing of it is the only thing that makes it a little bit awkward for me where I'm like, well, maybe he did unfollow him yesterday. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, CJ Stroud doesn't follow the Texans either. So like, does he want out of the Texans? Like, I don't know what, what does this mean? Like maybe guys just don't use Instagram that much. And I'll tell you this, looking through Justin Fields, Instagram, he has not posted a single picture on his IG. Probably since he's been in the NFL. I mean, a lot of those guys have people running their social media accounts, too, because a lot of that is sponsors and people who they have endorsements with. And it'll be your team, whether it's your marketing people, whether your agency has some sort of social media team. Like a lot of times that's how those posts come out. Um, Like when you see things that look like professional photos, all those things. I mean, that's just it's just a business. But Let's talk about the timing. So that report that came out, as you mentioned, so they're not shopping in, but they're gauging interest. And that's something that came through like the senior bowl, I believe. Um, We had Rick Spielman. I filled in for Sylvie yesterday. And so as Waddle and I talked to Rick Spielman, former Minnesota Vikings general manager, he's now dabbling in the media world. He's done a lot. Like he's been busy. Did the Washington, he was part of the Washington commander search that led them to Adam Peters as their GM and uh, Dan Quinn. And he's also like really entrenched in the prospects of this year's draft class. Like he was last year when he started this role. Um, So we talked to him about Caleb Williams and um, you know, just like a lot of topics from this year's draft. So if you want to listen to it, like go get the pod of that show. But one thing I thought was interesting when he talked about Justin, like he really likes Justin, but he also, you know, likes him, but dot, dot, dot. Like there's always that sort of evaluation, I think, around this quarterback when you're not completely sold. And of course, that's what led him to say that Caleb's too unique of a player to pass up on. But as far as when do the Bears make this move, Rick told us that he felt it would be before the start of the league year. And that makes so much sense because 
There's other quarterbacks who could be on the move and others that need to re-sign with their team, restructure their contracts, so on and so forth. A lot of different situations to worry about. I mean, there's guys like Russell Wilson. Is he going to get released? Is he going to get traded? Is he going to get moved? Kirk Cousins, is he going to re-sign with Minnesota? Is he going to sign somewhere else? Um, Geno Smith, they just they just picked up the guarantee on his contract. Um, did they do that in order to trade him? Like All of these questions affect how and when and how much the Bears could get in return for moving Justin Fields somewhere else. So you probably are going to see if they're going to do this, it's probably within the next, the start of the league year is March 13th. So that's a yep. Wednesday. So then the quote unquote legal tampering period when the negotiations can t- can start or deals can be agreed to, they don't become official until the start of the league year, three o'clock on the 13th. Like that's the 11th. That's that Monday window that that could start, that stuff could start. But like, they can trade him. If they wanted to trade him tomorrow, they could trade him. It just can't become official until the start of the league year. But the timing of it for the Bears, like pay attention to these next couple of weeks. Yeah, they're going to the combine next week. They'll be there. That's probably when the talks will intensify. As we know, that's where Ryan Poles laid the groundwork last year and ultimately traded the pick to Carolina because of those conversations that were had um, with the Panthers in Indy, maybe that's where the Justin Fields stuff starts to get some legs that they can gauge interest about what, what what can we actually get back in a trade for Fields? Um, I wouldn't expect it to happen this week. Would I rule it out completely? No, because I I mean, contracts get signed. I mean, the weird times of the, of the off season, um, would they make a trade before talking to Caleb Williams in them though? Like, I don't, I don't think that I would, I would see them doing too. that. Yeah. And that's what, that's a good point you bring up because like I just keep thinking about wasn't the the offseason trade of Matthew Stafford going to LA and Jared Goff going to um Detroit like that was an off season it was like an off season move that happened there was like late January early February. So yeah. trades can happen. That's what I'm trying time. to say. Like yeah. but, but you're right. They're probably going to want to make sure that they have all of their ducks in a row with this quarterback class because they haven't talked to these prospects the way that they're going to get to talk to them in Indy just yet. It's not like Brian Poles can go pick up the phone right now and call Caleb Williams. Like there's rules in place to prevent, you know, that don't allow for things like that to happen, Uh, you know, right now because he's, you know, a draft eligible prospect. Um, I, I just think that, and that's why, like, my timeline, my mind, could they trade him at the combine next week? Sure. I think we've seen things like that happen previously yeah. where there have been trades or where there have been um, – there's big news that comes out of the combine, players getting released, whatever. They're going to want to make sure they get through those meetings before doing anything, and I think that's going to be an interesting question to ask Ryan Poles next Tuesday about how does this timeline for just trading Justin work. Like, last year, they traded the pick one week after they got back from the combine. Like – could it follow that same timeline where it's that week after they're back? All right, we've done all of our, we got all of our stuff. Let's let's process this, this information. Either we're going to go in on a quarterback in the draft or we're going to stay with Justin. Like they'll know that coming out of the combine. So I think yeah, that, that and factors and, in. And, and I think the question that I would ask is, to me, it's just Caleb Williams, right? Like, if you don't feel good about Caleb Williams after your conversations with him, you know the talent. He's not going to throw at the combine. Like, he's he's probably maybe he'll do the forty. I doubt it. Um, but like, I don't think he's he's much. probably going to do most of the things he's going to do at his pro day. But if you are 
not sold on Caleb Williams after talking with him. You know what the talent is already. Drake May and 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 um, Jaden Reed, like Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels. I'm sorry. Um, I I don't know if they're the level of talent that you say we trade Justin Fields for. Unless you just want to reset the clock, unless you just mm-hmm. want to have your quarterback, or you see something. Maybe Ryan Pole sees something that we don't. But I feel like like when we had Jordan Reed on, right? It's Caleb Williams in his tier, and then mm-hmm. there's the other two. So if you don't feel great about Caleb Williams. You might go into the combine and say, we're keeping Justin. Like, that might change everything. That's why I think the conversations have to happen first before we get to the point where we're putting Justin in his Atlanta jersey, patting him on the back and telling him, have a nice career. We'll see you down there. Hopefully you go break all Mike Vick's records. Like, I I just feel like that is a very important part because especially with how Ryan Poles talks, personality means Mm -hmm. something. You're changing the guy. Yeah, you're you're changing out a guy who uh, um, is the culture of the Chicago Mm -hmm. Bears to now bring in a guy who has to become part of the culture or maybe become the new culture. You got to know who that person is. And Ryan Poles, to me, I don't think he's going to make a drastic decision. I will say, to your point, though, if they do decide to trade Justin Fields, he will not be here March 13th by 4 p.m. That will be the latest he will be here, right? 359, he's on his way to Atlanta. I just, if you look at the timeline from last year and also a timeline of what this means for the Bears, like we're going to know what their draft plans are by the start of the league year. Now, in terms of like number one, we'll know more about what they're going to do nine through you know, all of their picks that they currently have, which is five, I believe. Um, And I'm sure they'll have more, but we like we'll know that after free agency. How do they handle the edge rusher position? Some of the other ones, wide receiver, that are big ones. But you know, with Fields, like I think there's a lot there when you talk about Ryan Poles wanting to know the person. Like he was really adamant about that, and I think he sh- I think he was right to be when he mentioned that the other day that or the other day in in January that you know, it's not just about the film, it's getting to know the people. Well, what if you get to Indianapolis and you're like, whoa, Caleb's not the guy because they, you know, because they're just in their conversations with him. And of right. course, it's not just one conversation. It's all of the information gathering that they're doing and the research and the private investigators and all the stuff that NFL teams do to know every yeah, little yeah. and cranny <laughs> of every person that, they, that they're about to spend millions of dollars and invest millions yeah. in. Um, They've got to confirm, okay, either this is the right choice or it's not. This guy will be a good person in this locker room or won't be a right fit in this locker room. You can't make that decision before you talk to them, and you can't part ways with Justin before you talk to them. Um, I do think that the idea that, all right, let's say the Bears don't trade Justin, don't want number one. They trade out a number one, and they still get a quarterback. Are you keeping Justin Fields in that situation? That's another scenario that they have to weigh. And of course, this is just speculation, but like what, you know, the thought is what if the bears told him like, Hey, we may or may not take Caleb, but we're taking a quarterback in this year's draft class. If we don't take Caleb, we're going to keep you. Like, what if he doesn't want to be part of that? Like, could that be his way then of via the social media things that we know? That's why you unfollow on IG. <laughs> you know, and, and again, that's speculation that that is yes. no concrete truth to it. That's a scenario that, you know, you're thinking about, but it's like the domino effect here has to go the right way in order for the bears to get this right, because you can't trade Justin before you know what's going on 
with the other quarterbacks and that you can like either confirm or, you know, move off of what you believe to be true about these players now that you've had ample time to meet with them. And, and I think that's such a that's such a great point to bring up too, because what does Ryan Poles come from? Right, he comes from a situation where there was an established quarterback who was the clear cut leader of the team, and when it didn't continue, when it didn't brew the Super Bowl, they moved on from that quarterback. It wasn't a bad situation. It wasn't we don't want you here, we don't like you here. It was we've got this young guy who we feel is going to be able to step up. Maybe Ryan Poles doesn't want to throw a quarterback to the wolves, right? And, and if you take a quarterback two or three, if you take a Jaden Daniels, if you take a Drake May, you don't have to do that. Yes, you're going to have the conversation of, and, and I've heard some people say this, is Justin going to be able to deal with the conversation of the next quarterback, yeah, the guy the that's pressure. behind him? I was like, I was like, he, he dealt with Tyson Bajan and you guys all, all over him for Bajan all year. I think he's going to be able to deal with Jaden Daniels and or Drake May. The question is, is, Ryan, or is Matt Eberflus, is Ryan Poles going to be able to deal with that conversation? Because that is now his guy. Well, it's also a distra- yeah, and it's also a distraction. Like, do yeah. does Justin want to deal with that distraction? Would yeah. be if that is the scenario, like, We've all talked about the idea that they would never take number one overall, uh, Caleb Williams, and keep Justin on the roster. And keep Justin, yeah. In theory, that of course, like the wealth of riches, you have a quarterback that you really like right now, but you also have the number one overall pick. Take him, and what's like you know, no, politically, emotionally, like the to be a football guy, you have to have like high football intelligence. You also have to have emotional intelligence too to know what that does to your locker room. When Fields is a universally beloved guy on this team, and then you bring the rookie in who is inevitably going to like replace him at some point. But that just wouldn't work. So like right. that's a scenario though. Like if they don't want to draft Caleb Williams and they did want to draft Jake, you know, uh, Drake May or Jane Daniels, would Fields be okay with that? having those guys sit for a year and then having him play out 2024. Is that part of their plans? Like, and again, we don't know if that's something that Justin Fields has been approached with. Even if he's even talked to the team or his, his representation has gotten an idea of that. All we know right now is that he doesn't follow the Chicago bears on Instagram. He yeah. follows them on Twitter. I don't know about TikTok. I'm not on TikTok. Like he just, it, it's going to, until we see something done one way or the other that lets uh, that tips the bears hand to what their plans are going to be at that position. All it's going to be is speculation. And when something like this happens, it just throws gasoline onto a fire of a conversation that's already kind of bordering the toxic levels because of how often we talk about it, how divisive it is, but also how, you know, how polarizing it is and what it could do for this franchise in changing the franchise one way or the other. I, the, it's, it's become so toxic at this point in bears fandom. Like I had somebody tweet me like, I'd hate to be a member of your family to see you turn your back on somebody like this. I'm like, it's a quarterback guys. Calm down. It's okay. Like I get it. We love Justin. I want Justin to be here. The reality is that Things may change because of the mm-hmm. situation that you're in. And the one part that I do love about Breer's article is it and, and a lot of the articles that have come out recently have been it's almost like they're they're making the point that the Bears like Justin. The Bears exactly. like him as a quarterback. They like him as a player. They like him as a leader. They like him as a teammate. They like him as a person. They would not move on from him if they weren't in this situation 
But that's why that's why I feel like you do have to like everybody's like he's gone. It's over with. It's like, does he like Caleb? He's got to like the guy that he's going to draft, right? Like, yeah, love the guy. You like, he's got to off- be like obsessed yes. with Caleb Williams. Otherwise, you don't make that choice because like, the gamble, like either way, he's at the craps table, the proverbial NFL craps table right now. Yeah. And he's making a big bet. And you got to make sure that you hit on that because if you don't, then that speeds up the clock on on jobs effectively. That gives you less leverage. and. Yeah. You know, the biggest point of of emphasis I want to make about the quarterback situation, because I feel like this is always talked about, like, you know, oh, the Bears want to move on from Justin Fields because they don't like him anymore. No, as you just pointed out, Pat, like they that's not it at all. It's just that the upgrade may be too great to pass up. The next thing out there may help you get to your long-term goals in an easier format or better, you'll have a better path to them than sticking with the comfort of like the quarterback you've seen growth in, but you're still not ready to go all in and say, he's our franchise guy. We're not taking a quarterback number one overall. It's like, I said this on sports center yesterday, like the conversation around fields and like why it's so polarizing, why it's so divisive because the Justin Fields supporters, the ones who say that you and I are idiots and that, you know, everybody's wrong and everybody's a hater. It's because like if they move like the, what what i think offends them is they think moving on from Justin Fields means the bears don't like Justin Fields right. that's not it at all it may not be anything that Justin didn't do in his time with the bears that leads the bears to move on and go get Caleb Williams it's the prospect of this is an upgrade and if you have an upgrade within arm's distance you have to reach for it because otherwise you're not doing your job managing this franchise and that's something that, you know, they'll go find somebody else to do that job at that point if yeah. you can't make that decision. And I think he, he, to this too, right? Like one, whatever decision Ryan Poles makes, I rock with. I would love to have Justin here, but you have to believe that the upgrade isn't close, right? You have to believe that Caleb Williams upgrade, is yes. leaps and bounds going to have a better career than Justin. You have to believe that he is the generational talent because mm-hmm. there is a belief in this organization that Justin Fields can be an answer to the questions you have at quarterback. Now, whether we've seen that on the field yet or not, I think the Bears, I think the Bears take a more moderate viewpoint, not moderate, what's a good word? They take a more logical viewpoint on the mm-hmm. things that most fans view as excuses. And they sure. say, no, quarterbacks need an offensive line to be successful. Um, J- Justin Fields, wide receivers, had some of the least separation in the NFL outside of DJ Moore. That's going to play into where you put the football, right? Like, I think they take a more logical approach, a more logical standpoint. I know they do. And so because of that, right, like, you're going to see them give Justin a lot more leeway than you would the average fan or the person that's just ready to move on from him. So I think that this has to be a belief that coming out of this conversation or coming out of the combine, they have to know Caleb Williams is an excellent leader. He's a great teammate. He's going to come here. Mm -hmm. He's going to do amazing things. And he's going to immediately impact winning because I said this yesterday, you can't go backwards. If you're Caleb Williams, you've got four years. Yeah. Matt Eberflus don't have four years. 
Shane Waldron don't have four years. They got this year. You win seven games this season, I think you're talking about a new head coach coming in. If you win six games this season, you're definitely talking about a new head coach coming in and an entirely new coaching staff. And then you start the carousel all over again because you have to believe that this young man is going to come into the NFL in day one, maybe not Pat Mahomes' status, but maybe Kyler Murray status. He hits the ground running, and you look and you go, oh, this kid actually can play. He's living up to some of the hype that they put out there. And it's going to be interesting to see because this Bears team right now is constructed around Justin. Mm-hmm. You're removing the piece that everything's around. So. And I mean, even if they, but even if they draft Caleb Williams, it will still be built around Caleb Williams. That's yes. Like, it just changes everything that, that, has been and maybe for the better hopefully for the better if you do it yeah it's a different it's a different identity than this team has been so used to where it's been let's build everything around defense and like it'll just tolerate the quarterback position more or less and you're right they have to get it like you can't go backwards but you can also expect that it it, i think it's just pretty rare outside of a cj stroud which you know felt like an anomaly versus the norm that you're going to get a quarterback who comes in and is on a tear day one. If you do, fantastic. Then you nailed the number one overall pick. Then even the Justin Field supporters, who I'm sure many are going to say, "Well, I'm an Atlanta fan now." Um, good for you. It's, it's yeah, a great time. It's a no great time to live where you can do that and you can go follow another team and be another team's fan, living in a different state. But regardless, you know there will still be. Ish- there's no quarterbacks flawless, and as we've talked about this, as we've heard from people, like even Caleb Williams has growing areas to grow. It's just yeah. that the things he does well, the things he really excels at, that makes him the top prospect more than likely in this draft, are things that maybe you're not getting nearly as much um, progress or improvement or strengths with it with Justin Fields, and that's why. It, it might put them in a situation where they get to the combine, they get their confirmation one way or another on Caleb Williams, and they move forward with their decision. And then hopefully within the next couple of weeks, we know which way they're leaning one way or the other. And what will trigger that will be, are they trading Justin Fields by the start of the new league year or are they not? Yeah. Now, I know everybody's focused on the quarterback position right now. We spent way more time on that than I thought we would, which means we can build a conversation out of anything, Courtney. We're amazing. <laughs> he unfollowed the Bears on IG. Um, we but got 30 minutes out of it. We got 30 minutes out of that. Good grief. But uh, the, contrary to most people's belief, uh, Ryan Poles has to build an entire team, not just uh, the quarterback position. And uh, franchise tag time is here. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of question marks around a lot of players who could or couldn't get tagged today. One who possibly could be a long-term answer here at Chicago for the Chicago Bears at the cornerback position, but Jalen Johnson could also be tagged. And I think that this is interesting because it doesn't mean that there's not a long-term contract coming, but mm-hmm. maybe the Bears still need some more time to have that conversation with him. When you think about Jalen Johnson, is there an expectation from you that he ends up getting that franchise tag on him? Or do you think a deal just gets done outright? I mean, the longer we wait on this, it does feel like the tag is inevitable. As you pointed out, it doesn't mean that he has to play on the tag. Like they yes. can work something out before the July deadline, middle of the month, um, right before players report to training camp to get a long-term deal done. But it's kind of, if they do this, which right now they've got till March 5th, I believe is when the window closes, they've got time, but 
if they decide that they're going to franchise him, to me, it shows, I mean, certainly that they're, the sides are far apart, but like the franchise tag price for a cornerback this year is an estimated like $18.8 million, somewhere in there. Um, yeah. I actually have the numbers right in front of me. Let me look. Yeah, cornerback, 18 18802000 That's like the estimated price for his position. That's the floor of the conversation. So right. if you're going to tag him, you're saying, all right, and maybe that's the that maybe that's the path that they have to go in order to start these contract negotiations to get them in a better place than they may have been. So the floor is eighteen point eight. What is your what is your offer? Then you work back and forth. Like give a little, take a little, give a little, take a little. That's how negotiations work in any business. Like it's not just all right, best and final. Like you know, take it or leave yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to do that. And what Ryan Poles said. Back in January, Jalen's not going anywhere. Well, he's not because, and that's why I, I, I just, I get like what he said. He wants to reset the market. He wants to be the highest paid cornerback in the league. Does he deserve it? Sure. But no. he doesn't have leverage in this. Like when the team has the option to franchise tag you, they have the leverage to not let you hit free agency. So the idea that, Oh, if the Bears don't work out a long-term deal, Jalen Johnson's going to be the top corner on the market. No, because they're not going to let him out of the building one way or another. They would be stupid if they did that. So the situation that they find themselves in now is maybe the best path to getting that long-term extension done is tag him, start the conversations at 18.8 million, and then work to get to a closer number. 18.8 versus north of 21 million right now is that's a considerable gap by a couple of million, but yeah. is it enough to let the contract negotiations get so contentious to it's where the players solid. like tag me? If you want to tag me now, trade me. You don't want to be in that spot. I don't yeah. think Jalen wants to be in that spot. We've heard about where his mind is. Mind's on the money. Heart is in Chicago. He said that at the pro bowl. He's already been through this song and dance with the bears. Doesn't get the extension before the start of the season, probably good if even if there was an offer presented, probably smart that he didn't sign it because he had a great year this year, all things considered with you know his production um, and, and what he did in year four. Like then he then he wants to get traded. Ryan Pohl says uh, at the trade deadline, you know, I wanted a first or, or late first, early second round pick back for him. I would be, you know, it'd be malpractice if I didn't get that and I just let him go wherever. So that doesn't happen. They come back to the negotiating table in good faith this offseason. It can't just be we're just going to tag you and like, you know, we're, we'll figure it out later. Like the idea of the tag, you don't want a player playing one year on the tag. Like I've seen teams do that before because of finances. Like the Bears don't have financial constraints where it's like, oh God, we've got to use, we've got multiple guys we have to pay this offseason. Right. We have to use the tag as like a fail safe, more or less. That's not the point of it. The point of it, and I know that some quarterbacks have done this differently, like Kirk Cousins used a tag to his advantage, and I get that. That's yeah. fine. It doesn't work like that for every single position. Um, cornerback, I don't think, is one that you'd want that. So, like, if they do tag him here, I won't be surprised, but that does not mean that I would rule out them getting to a long-term extension eventually before that the, July deadline. And I think the, the part that Bears fans have to keep in mind as well is that if you're – you got to think about where we were when they when the talks broke down before during the season. He says, trade me and all of that. Jalen Johnson was not viewed as one of the top DBs in the NFL. He was viewed as a good DB that did not get takeaways. He, he, he 
right? There wasn't pressure there. There were reasons behind it. Clearly adding Montez Sweat changed those reasons, but he was viewed as a really good DB, but not somebody worth trading draft capital for. You're now coming out of this season. If you franchise tag him and you want to go out and say, we're going to work out a deal, but if we don't work out a deal, We've got you on the tag. Jalen Johnson is now viewed as a top five DB in the NFL on the end of, at the end of the season. People trade draft capital for top five DBs. People are more willing to give up draft picks and pay the player for top five DBs. So I think that the leverage is in the Bears' hands now. Yes, they're going to have to pay more, and I do believe he deserves to be the highest paid DB in the NFL. I think that he... He proved himself, got the picks. That, that was the only thing we were asking for him. Everything else he's a lead at, right? So mm-hmm. I would love for him to stay here. But Ryan Poles has done an He's been here two years. He's drafted five starters at DB pretty much, right? Jaquan, Kyler, Tyreek. Terrell Smith has gotten some time in there. Mm-hmm. And um, who am I missing? That's pretty much it, unless you think like Elijah Montez. Hicks is going to get a starting role this okay, year. Okay, so four. So four. So four of them. But, but still, right? Like, you feel really good about this guy's ability to go out and find DBs. And I this think is a good that, class for corners, too. Just yes. saying, like, let's, I, I, I'm willing to say that this would happen. If they tag him, do they work out a deal before April? Maybe, maybe not. They don't have to. Um, right. That seems more like an OTAs, offseason sort of thing. I would not be surprised if they're using a third round pick on a corner and don't be, I mean, if depending on what happens, they obviously have to get like, let's hope they get for their sake, a second round pick nine could be a corner at that point. Like when I was doing my mock exercise, I saw a lot of corners available uh, in the first round. Kool-Aid McKinstry. I mean, there's, they could go that route. And like, we saw how Tyreek Stevenson with John Hoke as his coach. And like in this defense, did he have some ups and downs? Yeah. But do we know going into year two that he's like a, a starter in this team? Absolutely. And that's a good feeling to come away with that. Hey, you're hitting on your draft picks. You're giving these guys time to develop and they are developing. So if that's a route they have to go, if they tag him, I think then we all of a sudden are talking about cornerback as a bigger need potentially in the draft for the bears. Yeah. A hundred percent. That That's a, that's a, and position, even if, right? like we know that Eberflus loves corners, they'll probably draft. If let's say Jalen Johnson signs the biggest <laughs> deal ever known to man at cornerback, they'll draft probably still drafting a corner. But Just but it makes it sense though when you look at last season, right? It, it's a position where guys go down all the time. You have to view them as skill position players. You have to view Absolutely. them. Listen, if he pulls a hamstring, he can't go. I need somebody who can get in there and actually back him up. If, if he turns his ankle, he can't go. Uh, uh, Eddie Jack, Bojack, the the fall off of Bojack is as sad as it ended up being. He was one of the best safeties, if not one of the the best safety as far as taking the football away in the NFL. Mm -hmm. The injury started happening, and we started going, oh, he's not good at football. Like, he's he's struggling to do, like, basic things that I expect my safety to do, right? Like, that's how quickly it can go. And so uh, you have to have that influx of the next guy up at that position the same way that you would, for the most part, or try to, what, what a lot of teams do, at wide receiver. A bunch of guys who... Listen, can you go out there and catch the football and run your routes? Like the, the teams try to stockpile those positions. So I I wouldn't be surprised if we see them take, I would say, multiple DBs in this upcoming draft. Somebody late mm-hmm. as well, like they did last year. Um, 
Speaking of taking players, I mean, we, we've got a shout out to Toyota. Not. We we got it. We got to get to these mocks out here. Listen, the road I think to the we need draft. To make this, sorry to like interrupt the read now. I think we need to make this a regular thing, though. Mock drafting is it's a lifestyle and it's a lot of fun. It It, it is fun. But then like you get to a point where you like when you get the mock draft 7.5, you're like, all right, guys, <laughs> like I'm often. just making stuff up at this point. Right. The Bears take uh, Jared verse first overall. He's flown up their draft. All right. Like you start making stuff up at a certain point. But we do have to get to these mocks of the drafts because the road to the draft is brought to you by Toyota. Big shout out to Toyota supporting us. Let's go places and we've got Courtney Cronin's mock draft here and I mean listen she's she's done a heck of a job thank you uh with this run through this for us here Courtney because okay, you, know. you, you have made some moves here so I can like explain this whole thing I actually and this kind of was devastating I did two mock drafts the second one I did I actually got a second round pick because I did a trade with Jacksonville I forgot to hit download your draft to save it. So in that respect, it doesn't exist and no one will ever believe that I nailed the draft, but this is the one I did because I was going to take like the best one and send it to you. Well, that's the only one I had. So (laughs) I use the PFF simulator because you can do trades in here, which I, you know, you've, it is very hard. Like to be a general manager, I know everybody wants to act like this is the easiest thing to do. Like, oh, trade this for, you know, that. Like, you've got to find a dance partner. And when you're doing it when you're on the clock, it's a lot different than me being able to pause my mock draft on PFF. So, um, obviously, I decided to do three rounds because, you know, once we go past the – right now, we don't know much about the prospects on day three just yet. We will later, but I did – a three round mock draft and my goal was to try to get another pick in there because it's currently stands. The bears have one nine 75 and then like a bunch of fourth round picks uh, and then a f- two fourth round picks and a fifth. So I drafted Caleb Williams, number one overall. I do believe what kind of, you know, the conversation you and I were having, I believe that they will trade Justin Fields in the next right. couple of weeks. And then when I got to nine, I decided that I was going to try to recoup some extra draft capital. Like Ryan Poles is really good at trading back. Um, I think the hardest thing for guys is you, you can trade back all you want, but then how do you move up in the draft? So maybe having those extra picks in 2025, like what I got from the Vegas Raiders in this draft was, you know, that would help me out. So like I moved number nine, moved back to 13. I got a third round pick at 77. And then I got a third round pick in 2025. Um, And so what I was able to do at 13, some people would call this an overdraft. And I know that's kind of why I got the C plus grade from, from PFF on this. I went Jackson powers Johnson. And I thought back to our conversation that we had with Jordan Reed last week, where he had Jackson powers Johnson, I believe in a trade, like you said, like late, late first round this is still mid first round but if you can pair a rookie quarterback with a rookie center and have those two on the same page I think that you eliminate a lot of the fracas that we saw last year where it just felt like it's been a revolving door for Justin Fields with the center position I think that's an instant upgrade is it an overdraft not if it works like you know I when when the Minnesota Vikings at 18 I believe (laughs) Um, like I remember people are saying, oh, it's an overdraft and early on because he was, he is undersized and the yeah. scheme that he was in, it wasn't 
didn't look great. They didn't pick up his fifth year option. Then lo and behold, he gets in a new offense and that that's the key to making that offensive line work. So if it's the right position that you need, and I was drafting for need on a lot of these things, yeah. then I think it works. So I then 75 was the bears original pick to me. This was a no brainer. So Brendan rice, Jerry's kid um, played at USC. Why would I not pair Caleb Williams with the receiver that he threw 12 touchdowns to this past year? Somebody who he's been with for a couple of years um, is one of the better like mid round or, you know, mid day two wide receivers. So not the Roma Dunes, not Malik neighbors, not Marvin Harrison jr. But like that next group. And at this point on my board, Keon Coleman from Florida state was off the board. Um, I believe the, uh, the kid from Texas may Xavier worthy. I believe he may yeah. or may not have been available, but I remember thinking I can draft best available, or I can do something using my knowledge of just like what Ryan Poles and his staff would go through Caleb Williams, Brendan rice. They know each other. They have thrown and caught passes from each other. Like let's make sure that my quarterback is set up for success because we know he's got DJ Moore on one side. DJ can make anything work. He's played with like a bajillion quarterbacks and made all of them look better. Let's yeah. do that with, with Caleb Williams. So that's why I went and got a wide receiver for him at 75. And then two picks later, the pick that I got from the Raiders back in this trade, top safety available, Cameron Kitchens from Miami. So I, for whatever reason, PFF didn't seem like that great. Maybe thinking I was taking a safety a little too high. If you can, you're looking at my draft, and this is the first one I've done. I'm drafting for need on a lot of these things. We don't know how free agency is going to pan out, but my thought process was I'm passing up Jared Verse, I'm passing up um, uh, the kid from Alabama, the edge rusher, Dallas Turner, at nine. That's why I moved back to 13 because I think they handle that in free agency. Therefore, to replace Eddie Jackson, I went after one of the top safeties, if not the top safety available. He's versatile, like, you know, he can he's good in coverage and you can play him up in the box. Like he sounds kind of like another version of Jaquan Brisker, somebody who's willing to move around the defensive backfield and can play up uh, near line of scrimmage. That's what I got here in um, Cameron Kitchen. So I came in with four picks in the first two first three rounds i would have liked to have gotten a second round pick i did that in my other draft it doesn't exist anymore because i accidentally closed out of the link but you'll yeah. just have to believe that that happened um but i yeah that's my draft i, I liked it I, I for a first one i thought that i came away certainly came away with more than i went in with which is always i thought good. yeah I, I thought that was an excellent mock you 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 answer a lot of the questions you're you're pairing three things together that I didn't think about. Well, I'm not going to say I didn't think about the center, the quarterback. I'm a little more leery on that than most people, because I like not say, I don't think Jackson powers is going to be able to hit the ground running when he gets to the NFL, but centers have a lot on their plate in the mm -hmm. NFL. That, that scares me a little bit, especially while trying to develop a quarterback, but the addition of going and getting Brendan rice what a steal there because right you're still getting the big body receiver that you've been looking for six three 210 pounds he he like you said 12 touchdowns last season massive jump in production last yeah. season which tells you that he's getting more comfortable and things like that with the quarterback he has you bring that to the nfl there's already that rapport built up and he doesn't have to hit right away because dj moore's on the other side mm -hmm. i love that 
Um, when I look at my mock now, I feel a little bit. I don't. You know what? No, I don't. I, I feel good about my mock. It, mine. You, you see the hands up, right? Listen, I'll pay for PFF. I'm sorry. It, it is what. It, hey, yeah, you know I mean, thirty dollars a month for PFF. Come on now, dog. And and they're giving me all the information for free for the most part, or I get people to know it. So I didn't get the option to do as many trades, but I feel good about this, right? If you're gonna make a move here. Uh, you move you 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 take Caleb number one overall. I think we've we've broken that down enough. But then I got the nine and Dallas Turner was there. And what happened in my mock was there was a run on the wide receivers once Marvin Harrison went. And I'm not yeah. gonna lie, I think that could be something that ends up happening, right? And For I believe sure. surprisingly enough, I want to say Marvin Harrison went third to uh New England, which okay. kind of surprised me a little bit there, but Maybe if New England that, traded for Justin Fields. Maybe, right? Maybe. So, like, it, and if that were to happen, it is going to cause Ed, uh, Arizona to go in a panic because they were all in on Marvin sure. Harrison and Kyler. Oh, now we got to get Roma Dunze. Now, so you see that run go. So I got the nine, and I was like, I could trade back here. I did have an option to trade back. I could have went and gotten uh, um, Jackson Powers there. But I can answer the question on who's on the other side of Montez Sweat by going and getting sure. Dallas Turner. And to me, answering that question solidifies my line. We saw with the pressure mm-hmm. when Unique and Gakwe and Montez Sweat were out there last year. I think that now, okay, this is a young defensive line that is going to be here for a while. You're hoping Javon Dexter takes another step, but even if he doesn't, even if I feel like I need to invest in that position, Chris Jones probably is an is a very expensive version of that option, but Justin Metabike is out there, right? There's some mm-hmm. options there in that interior. If he doesn't get tagged, if he doesn't get tagged, right? We'll see if he ends up getting tagged here. But there there's some options on that interior that I feel you can go get in this year. Plus, you want to develop. We know what Ryan Poles wants to do. He wants to develop these young guys and let them thrive. Braxton Jones is probably still going to be our left tackle next year, guys, and he has had similar issues that he had his first year, but he did get better. They're going to see what keep getting better does. So I think with that, you you end up going to the edge rush. You solidify that. You know now that you have two guys that can bring pressure and, and a young guy that, that takes a little bit of that pressure off of Montez. I love that. And then with the, uh, with the third round pick there, 75, Cedric Van Pran was there. I got to take that. I do need to answer my uh, my center position. I think in this situation, uh, different from uh, your mock there, Courtney, is that mm-hmm. you let the center sit for a little bit here. You go out mm-hmm. and you get an Evan Brown. You go out and you get somebody who's a veteran that can sit in front of him and teach him some of the things that are going to happen. I think Van Pran has a little bit more of a... Um, a, a journey into the NFL, not to say he's not going to be good, but that he's probably not your day one starter at center, but a guy who long-term to me could be an answer, an absolute dog down in Georgia. And I think that he could be your long-term answer at center. I would kind of do what Seattle did with Waldron this year, bring a guy in who's a vet, going to teach him the process. And heck, if you get to the time where preseason's here and he looks like the better option, you throw him out there, right? If you don't, You've got a veteran guy who's already in place. And and it also just adds to that offensive line depth. And I think he's a little bit more versatile uh, than Jackson Powers. Um, But to me, I'm excited about the opportunity to finally get some answers on that line. Yeah, and I think think that a third-round pick is, yeah, I mean, like the way that your board fell, 
Um, again, that's like what I like, I worried about with mine. Like, is that an overdraft? If I like move back to 13, cause I'm not taking a center at nine, but like, right. how far can I move back? And of course, if these are exercises, like to peel back the curtain, you know, the PFF simulator draft simulators, like stuff that we use, the teams have their own versions of that. PFF is like, it's, they work with every team in the league. Are they using this exact same thing? Potentially, maybe they have their own technology, but they're doing these exercises to figure out how far back because they're doing the role playing of like, all right, if we, the bears want to get to 19, move from nine to 19, dr- jump 10 spots. What's the trade compensation we're looking for? What can we, what do we have to give up to get there? You know, if you want to package something else, like, I mean, obviously like there's different, wherever you're moving, they have to go through right. these things because in real time, it's very difficult to like pull these things to, to pull trades off. And what Ryan Poles and his staff need to figure out, I think more than anything else, like that gap between nine and 75 right now, that's 66 picks. And they made that choice because they traded 40 to um, Washington, to Washington for Montez sweat. Remember last year when it was like, when they had picks from nine, they moved back from one, moved to nine. And then they had like a pretty significant gap in on day two after, um, the trade and they got 61 and I think they had, it was like 61, 64. And then they had like another pick in, in the seventies, they ended up moving up to go get Tyreek Stevenson. That's not easy though, because of what you have to package to move up. I think it's easier to move back than it is to move up for Ryan Poles to be able to recoup that second round pick. The easiest path to that is if a team is willing to trade one for Justin Fields, if you can't get that though, how do you get up there? Because there's a lot of really good players that are going to come off the board between nine and 75. And, you know, I think that's going to be really tough for people sitting in the front office. If that gap does exist for the bears, just willing to, you know, kind of take their lumps as the rest of the draft board goes through. Yeah. And and we know how Ryan Poles is, right? He, he's aggressive. He's strategically aggressive, right? If there's somebody there that he, he's like, I don't know how this guy's falling this far. All right. Roshan Johnson last year, right? When, mm-hmm. when we saw Roshan come off of the board, the bears made a move because in all their mocks and everything they broke down, when they looked at this guy, they was like, he's going to be gone early. By the time they were going to draft in the fourth round. Yeah. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, wait, he's falling a little bit. We can get up here for less capital than we thought and take this young man. Right. We've seen Ryan Poles be very strategic with things like that. I think his simulator, I don't know what simulator he's got because he talks about that thing. He's like, we went through it like 150 times every time he wasn't there. They do their research. There's a lot that goes into it. I love it. So we it, that that is our first official mocks the 1.0. I think I'm gonna have to pay for for PFF. Hey, I think hey, there's yeah, other we, simu- simulators we gotta, you can we gotta, use we gotta, out there. You know what? So this is what I went through. None of them let you trade players. Yeah, it's tough because like the you're not just like involving your team's draft. Like you're looking at other draft boards. Like yes. the technology that PFF has for this is. It's, I don't know if anybody else has it, but it is really good, and I think that it's a good exercise for people to understand. Just because you offer something doesn't mean a team's going to take it. So, like, that's why when people are like, well, how did they not trade out of this? Or how did they not move back? Yeah, like, yeah. It's hard to do. Yeah. Not a realistic option sometimes. And and you got to have the, the one thing I do like about PFF is, like, I was trying to fleece people for Justin Fields because <laughs> it will show you the percentages. Yep. You just can't offer to trade. I was trying to fleece people. I, I was like, Pittsburgh, Justin, for, for uh, the 20th pick straight up. It was like this trade – has a 0% chance of going through. I was like, I want to force trade. I'm going to force trade in real life. But uh, 
Yeah, you know, EO, maybe maybe we get a we get Danny to expense that for me real quick. We'll, we'll figure that out. We got to talk about that off air. It's a little it, PFF expensive out here, dog. <laughs> but no, um, I, I first mocks in the books. Let us know how you guys feel. What are your thoughts? What are your mock drafts? Drop your mock drafts in the comments below. Uh, if you're doing seven round mock drafts already, God bless you. Uh, as always. For Courtney Cronin, though, it's your boy, Pat, the designer. We appreciate you guys for tuning in and showing love. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the page. Let us know. Do you think it's a big deal that Justin Fields unfollowed the Bears? Y'all stay safe out there, Chicago. Peace.